right, 10-10 will be the first pitch tonight as the Seattle Mariners Ooh. and the Jays open a three-game series in Seattle. Bryce Miller. Man, Here comes man. the four-seamer. Here comes the slider. Bryce Miller gets a start for the Mariners tonight. You say Kikuchi for the Blue Jays. Uh, the Mariners are 48 and 48. The Jays 54 and 43 coming off a homestand in which they uh, took four of six games. Yeah. Uh, avoided being swept by the San Diego Padres. Got a great start from Chris Bassett. Yeah. And, of course, anytime the Jays go into Seattle, you know that there will be an awful lot of Blue Jays fans making the trip down from Vancouver or uh, Alberta, places like that. I don't think these two teams like each other either. I don't know. I don't think they do. Well, there was last year that... Yeah, uh, I don't think they do. The, the sweep and the... The playoff. And the, this is my house and... And the way the playoff... Like the way the yeah. playoff, uh, playoffs ended last Celebrating year. Celebrating at the Rogers Center. I don't think they... Uh, we are, by the way, scheduled to be joined by Teoscar Hernandez at 630. Mariners outfielder, former Blue Jay, much beloved former Blue Jay, 16 yep. home runs this year, uh, including a home run yesterday as uh, the Mariners beat the Minnesota Twins. We mentioned the Mariners are 48 and 48. I think in in a lot of people's minds, dis- disappointing because oh, no question. we thought the... Pitching's really good and going to hit more homers. Uh, well, we, I thought that division was going to be tough, but um, I thought... I'll admit I, I I will admit that I under underestimated underestimated Texas in that division, but yeah. I still thought Seattle would be would be much farther ahead. Uh, Mike Cameron is a former Mariners outfielder, 2001 MLB All Star, three time Gold Glove winner. Uh, he now works in the Mariners Player Development Department. We're very pleased to have Mike Cameron join us on Blair and Barker. Mike, thanks so much for doing this today. Uh, just wondering, as you look ahead to this this series, you know, we've talked about the Mariners, 48 and 48. I expected a little more from them. Did you and, and, and the organization expect more from this team? Uh, yeah, that's obvious. You know, when you have... Uh, first of all, good afternoon, fellas. Uh, but... Um, yes, um, it's, it hasn't been the best right now, and I would assume that guys are, you know, when you get when you get a chance to experience what you experienced last year, you want to either either repeat it or try to get even farther uh, alone. And it just haven't haven't clicked together with a consistency, and the record shows that. And a lot of that is because um, you know you have three or four of your best offensive players that are struggling. So that makes it very difficult uh, to have some, some type of consistency on a nightly basis. Um, you know, it's not just one or two guys, it's been like three or four, you know, and then it, it happens for a few days and then it doesn't happen for a few days. And the pitching has been pretty solid, you know, although we lost uh, Robbie Ray and uh, a couple other guys and Marco. Uh, the young, the young guys have stepped up, and you're going to have more pain with those young guys. But, um, but overall, I think everyone expected uh, this to be a, there been a much better situation than were than than 500, and it just makes your road a lot difficult because there's some teams that are starting to play some pretty good baseball in the American League, and, um, and it just every year it adds on to that. You know, it's just it's just something that. You know, you, you just have to continue to play through. You have to continue to play through, and you just have to find out 
um, where where guys are and keep pushing. Mike, for in my opinion, I, I I don't think the two teams like each other. In whenever whenever one team is struggling and they're playing a team that they don't like or players they don't like or you know a lot of fans come to their home stadium and it's a little overwhelming and you just don't like that. Can that help the team that's struggling? Uh, you know, obviously it's going to be loud. It's going to be loud and crazy this weekend. Toronto is a very talented young team, and uh, they kind of added some depth you know, some starters with that. And so, you know, they're going to come in here and they've been playing pretty well. I think I haven't really watched them a whole lot other than I saw them play, um, I guess, the Mets. Uh, was it the Mets? It was, I think it was maybe Tampa or something like that the last time I saw them really play. But, you know, those guys, uh, you know, had got some talent, man. Uh, three, four, three, four all-stars, uh, especially offensively. They're young, they're talented, and you know they're going to be tough. And you just got to try to put up a good fight at, in your home park and, and try to try to get a series. I mean, first of all, try to win the first game, you know, and that's and then you go from there. Uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, it's been like a little bit of a, a little bit of beefy, talky, talky, whatever <laughs> amongst each other. But, you know, it's not that serious. I, I don't think it's that serious. But, I, 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 look, I think it's for the fans, the energy that they bring. When they come over, and I don't think the people of Seattle, they ruffle the people of Seattle's feathers. Um, but, you know, it's, it's good for baseball. It's good, it's good for the energy in the ballpark, all of that stuff. So, you know, I guess, you know, everyone should be looking forward to it because it's, the weather is beautiful right now, too, over there. So, you know, I know everybody's going to be excited about coming there. Uh, we're going to be joined by Teoscar Hernandez in a few minutes, Mike. What has been your read of Teoscar Hernandez's season and and his impact on this lineup? Um, I think you know today he got off to a little bit of a slow start too, and you know, uncharacteristically, I don't remember him you know swinging and missing as much as he's done. But I think he's uh, he had a very good June um, and kind of backed that up a little bit in July, and obviously that's a that's a big help. Um, but, you know, it takes five, six, seven guys on a nightly basis of playing consistent fundamental baseball uh, to win a baseball game. And then you're going to have your guys, your, 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 your stars or whomever it may be that's hot that can carry your team for a couple of weeks or a month or even, you know. So it just takes a – it's a total team effort. And that's what Toronto gives you, you know, on a nightly basis – and that's part of the reason why they've been able to cover, overcome some of their shortcomings this season because of that offense that they have. Um, and I think uh, also, too, you know, playing in, playing in, in uh, T-Mobile Park, it's a tough park to hit in. So you kind of have to uh, make some adjustments, you know, to your swing because the ball doesn't carry very well there. So, you know, obviously that's a big part of it. And I'll tell you, I think he's a good, very good baseball player. He's an unbelievable uh, bat speed and, and, and able to hit the ball very hard. And, you know, sometimes psychologically that can mess you up when you hit a ball very well and it doesn't do anything. And so you try to do a little bit more. And so I think, you know, in his case, he's, he's, he's kind of finding a little bit of a comfort. And I think he's, I think his, his best baseball is still yet to be in front of him. Mike, the new rules, what have you thought of them? The, the bigger bases, the pitch timer, the no shift. Do you like it? Is it an easier watch? Um, 
the game's a lot faster. I can't hear much from a fan perspective or, or you watching baseball. I don't like the bigger bases. I don't know what that does. I mean, all you got to do is just tell a pitcher can't throw over two times and people got to take advantage of that. I mean, the bigger bases is just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really like that. I would like, I don't like that very much. Uh, I would, I know they're going to have the pitch clock. I would like to them to give them maybe three, four more seconds. Uh, that would help. Um, it would help like some of these guys that, that tend to rush a lot, uh, especially pitching. Uh, it may even, you know, you start to amp up everything and you have to rush, you know, guys can get hurt when you're dealing with that. But, you know, big league ball players are going to adjust to every situation. It's probably the toughest situation because we are all taught that the game is already fast enough. Let's try to slow it down. And now you've got a clock on you, so you got to figure out how to do it. Now, the guys that are coming up from the minor leagues have kind of been on this clock, pitch clock thing for a couple of years now. So they're kind of adjusted to it. Uh, but the guys who've been you know, in the big leagues for a while, it's a tough adjustment. I mean, I would have a tough adjustment with it a little bit sometimes, you know, because there are times that you need to take a, you know, a few few moments to get yourself together mentally and physically before you step back in a batter's box. Now, the Mariners have, I believe, I think six players with 10-plus home runs. One of them, of course, is, is Julio Rodriguez. Uh, what is Julio Rodriguez for those of us who haven't followed the team in a day-to-day basis? What's his 2023 been like so far? Um, well, it's been, it's been up and down. You know, it's been a learning experience. Uh, second year player, uh, with a very, uh, high ceiling, but, you know, a star that's been added to his description and that can be rough sometimes. I mean, you know, I know with the All-Star game being at home, you know, with with the All-Star being All-Star being in T-Mobile Park, I know it was a very big thing trying to get there, and trying to promote that, and you know, nationally and also locally. Uh, so I think he's been pressing a whole lot of times, trying to duplicate what he did last year. Uh, but obviously, you know, the game comes in different phases, and you know, right now it hasn't been in the best favor. Of him, you know, hopefully that he can continue to get better because once Julio gets going offensively, he can carry a team for a month or two. You know, he has that type of capability. But uh, right now, he's going through some growing pains. Growing up, he's a second second year player. Mike, listen, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate the insight. Be well. Thanks, Mike. Uh, d- definitely. You guys have a good day. Yeah, Take you care. too. Thank Mike you. Mike Cameron uh, works in the Seattle Mariners player development. Uh, department is a really good outfielder. Yep. I wonder how many bases he might have stolen with with bigger bases. Uh, it's interesting hearing um, hearing Mike your question about Mike or to Mike I should say about the uh, the bigger the bigger bases, which I'm kind of wondering now if maybe maybe that wasn't a little bit of overkill. I don't know if it was necessarily that force and action is yeah, what but, I'm trying to do. But, you know, he, he made a point about the pitch timer, and there was uh, – I don't want to give credit here. There's an article in The Athletic. Um, today by Jason Stark. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. And we talked about – he's talked about the, um, the, uh, the pitch clock. And, you know, he talked uh, – 
Rob Manfred suggested during the All-Star game that perhaps Major League Baseball might be looking at uh, changing the pitch clock for the postseason. And, yeah, I mean, look, I've been very clear. I, I don't like changing. I don't like changing rules. Me either. But it's kind of started a, it's kind of started a, a discussion about the clock in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And it's brought up the idea that teams be allowed. There's a couple of things here. And the first time I thought one of the ideas was that teams be allowed to ask for the clock to be turned off three times during a game. So it can either be a hitter or a pitcher. Mostly it would be a hitter. Hitters come up to the plate. Okay, I don't want just the teams would have the, the capacity in the postseason to ask for the clock to be turned off three times. I, that just seems to me like it's going to more complicated. Another idea I heard, and I kind of wonder what you feel about this, is doing away with the pitch clock in the ninth inning or the eighth inning of a game if it's a close game. Let's say two runs, whatever. You know, if, it's, if there's a four-run lead, so basically putting it in the hands of the team that's behind, right? Like we got to cut this, let's narrow this deficit so we can get, I mean, it's just it, people talking about, like I said, my preference is I don't want it touched. Like it, like I said, if by the end of October, you haven't figured this out yet. Yeah. I got no sympathy for yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think, I think some teams could have lost some games. Because an eighth inning guy That's or a ninth a inning guy point. was in a hurry, great hung point. a breaking ball. So what do you say to them? To yeah, absolutely, that team? absolutely. That's so a good for me, point. So for me, you can't change it. Like yeah. it, it is what it is. Like they've they've adjusted. They've basically went and tried to figure out everything they could figure out to make it quicker. You know, shorten thinking, which is the whole part of that right. The eighth and ninth inning, the heart rate goes up. The more you think. You know, the tighter you grip the baseball, you tend to forget about things that are around you. They have to think about things that are around you. And now you're giving them the option to not think about those things anymore. And then, you know, they probably could remember a game in May that they yeah. screwed up because they were thinking about it. So, I just, yeah, I don't like it. No, I, I don't like I, it. I think you're either married to it or you're not. Boy, and, and I really, I, I understand the fear is game seven of the World Series ends in a pitch clock violation. Yeah, I mean, if it does, shame on shame on anybody, shame on anybody who gets caught with a pitch clock, yeah, yeah, yeah. on a pitch clock violation or pitch timer violation yeah. in, in the seventh inning of the World Series yeah. game. I just don't have any, I just don't have any any sympathy for that. And man, I just don't like, I don't like changing, I don't like changing the rules that you play the regular season under for the postseason. I yeah. just don't. And giving a player an option to do something in the heat of the moment that may take away from another player. Yeah. Hey, wait that, a minute. That, I can't, maybe, I, that maybe is a better player than you. Nice job stopping the clock in the eighth inning, but tension. now I can't there. do it. So you, yeah. that would never work. Like you, you would see, yep. you would see towel fights and, and <laughs> towel fights. <laughs> And guys, guys <laughs> yeah. going at each no, other. They in wouldn't the, like that. So yeah, I don't like that. Uh, Tasker Hernandez is scheduled to join us in a few minutes. Let's go to the back leg line to get us there, shall we? 416-413-3959. It's my favorite part of the show. One of my favorite parts of mm. the show along with, well, let's be honest, 650, 250s pretty much. But uh, no, not really. One of my favorite parts oh, of the show, your chance to uh, leave questions or comments for the brain 
the brain trust here, Kevin Barker and myself. Right. And uh, we will endeavor to answer them, and I will most often correct Kevin. Again, the number is 416-413-3959. Please leave your name. Yeah. Please. When you do this, because it's very, again, we, we have to we, say hi to you. Well, we do, and we have people. By your first we name. Have, we have people who actually answer the phone, and it's rude. So... Please leave your name when you Nobody call in. Nobody in Canada, that's rude. Huh? If you don't leave your name, we're not going to get to your call. Except the Actually, first one. Except the first one. Let's go to No Name in Ontario. I wanted to get your opinion on something. I noticed, I haven't watched baseball in many, many years. Um, oh. And I've started watching a lot this year. Oh, that's good. Nice. And Glad I've noticed a lot of catchers are on one knee yep. and don't like this it. stuff as opposed to the original uh, traditional mm-hmm. setting. And I noticed that a lot more pass balls get by. So just want to know what you guys thought. Uh, here's what I think. Yeah. Do it up until a dude's standing at third. I mean, they don't do it anymore. They're doing they're doing it to, to steal trick the, the umpire. That's all. That's the reason why they're doing it. Every time you, you see, go to a uh, knee, that's why you're doing it. Uh, the dude for oh, brain brain fart. The dude for Tampa Bay last night cost. Did did you see the way he was down? Oh, it, it, I can't. I, I guess I could remember his name, but it was weird. It was like on one knee. But it was really, his other knee was really almost buried in the dirt. It yeah. looked really, really uncomfortable. Yeah, I I don't know. I, God, I can remember Tony Pena, right? Remember how Tony Pena used to used to do the splits to catch it? Mm-hmm. Um, it? My rule of thumb generally is if Buck Martinez doesn't like something that has to do with <laughs> catching, I agree wholeheartedly with Buck. See, I don't mind it. It's not, I'm, I'm not going to take it to that degree. I just think you can adjust with I, a guy on third base, what I don't like moving is, side to side. That that's that's the thing, right? Is a big moment, dude. Again, grips the ball a little tighter, may chuck that right in front of you, and instead of you trying to backhand it because you're on one knee, because now you're up on you know the way you're supposed would, to be most of the time, you can go side to side a little bit easier, keep the ball in front you of know, you. Last that's year, just last year in the playoffs. And this is we're not telling. Heck, he's ruined. It. We're not That's telling. Basically, what you're saying. No, we're not telling. Yeah. We're not telling secrets here. But last year in the playoffs, the Mariners thought that they had something on Kevin Gossman because they could tell the way Danny Jansen was setting how up. Wide how would set wide up he was set up. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, you know, when you start moving around, that's why I don't like seeing the catcher standing up. You know, like 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 Kirky does half the time. I like my catchers. Small and quiet. Mm. Now, I, I watch a guy like Martin Maldonado. And yeah, I, I get it. Not everybody's the same. And, and you know, to me, Yadier Molina is the, the guy that I would, I would, I would, you know, I would, I would rate every catcher by. Mm. And Yadier Molina could move around a bit. But I, I don't like, I don't like up and down and, and, and side to side necessarily. Because I really think, I think smart third base coaches Smart dudes in the dugout. There's so many eyes on the game now that the more you do that, the more it becomes a tell. Maybe. I, maybe. I, again, that's just me. Like, I know when I'm watching the TV and a catcher is moving around or standing up, and, and it's distracting me. How many hitters do you know with the Blue Jays that know the elevated fastball would be coming and still could either hit well, that's it, a, foul it off, or take it? Not many. There you go, then. So that's I a don't. Fair point. Th- this time. Fair point. Th- th- this day and age, the elevated fastball is everybody's kryptonite. Like, that is the one thing that gives hitters nightmares. They don't know how to lay off it, put it in play, or be in between with it. Like, sometimes you take it, sometimes you swing at it. Like, it is 
it's a John mentioned it with Varsho. Like yeah. it is the reason why his season started to go south is because of that elevated fastball. So yeah, I, I understand what Buck is saying because he did it forever one way and it worked that way and it was very comfortable. But let's be honest. They tried to steal strikes. It is a big deal. Easier to do that closer to that ball to make it look like you're moving it less because you're closer to where it's at. Actually, it makes perfect sense. Now, a lot of times it doesn't work because of you being able to move side to side on certain balls because of where the runner's at. I don't like that part of it, but they're doing it because it works. Let's go to the crown jewel of the prairies, the finest city in Canada, Harry and Winnipeg. My comment is to uh, watching these Toronto Blue Jays the other day when they were playing the Padres yesterday afternoon. The theme here with this with this team is un, they're unable to drive in runs, and also watching four fielders around a pop up is something else. <laughs> Anyways, my question is for you guys. They're playing in Seattle, obviously, and Dodgers this weekend. Would you think if they came back three and three, let's say taking two from Seattle and at least one from the Dodgers, would that be sort of a moral victory for the Blue Jays? Thanks, guys, and uh, take care. Thanks, Harry. I'm with. Uh, listen, yeah, three and three. I'm yeah. three and three. I'm coming home. Four and two is gravy. I'm a, yeah. If I'm four and two, I'm I'm not. I don't even need the plane coming home. I'm going to be so excited. I'm going to be running home. Three and three. Uh, take two of one series, one in the other. Yeah, yeah I, I, and I, and I made this point. I feel a lot more comfortable now about where the Jays are because of what I'm seeing going on around the division. Uh, I, yeah, I, I really am. I yeah. just, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think the division titles out of the picture for the Jays right now. I truly don't. And I was saying that, you know, two weeks ago, a week before the All Star break, two weeks before the All Star break. I don't think it is now. And as much as I like the Orioles, the Orioles are setting the pace. Again, they have not been there. Let's see how the Orioles respond to being the first-place Orioles that everybody's, yeah, I think everybody's yeah, chasing. I don't think they care. I mean, if you have talent, you go out and you get you some better pitching. Get you a number one. If they get a number one at the trade deadline, <laughs> I, I mean, then it's going to be dangerous because they're athletic and, and they don't really know any better. And they're going out there and playing hard. And they got really good players. And they got a really good bullpen. If they get one more eighth-inning guy, and a number one, which they could do that. Like, oh, they've got enough to get. No, no, they've got not, enough not to fill their boots. But a, but a Lance Lynn Stroman. who could strike everybody at, or, a Stroman, or a Stroman, right? So you could get one of those guys and then a and then a you know, legit eighth inning guy. Joe Kelly would be nice in Baltimore. Like, was, like you're talking about a dude that throws 101 with a little attitude to draw a line say, come on, get you something. They sort of need that extra little guy. So I think that's it. And I like Joe Kelly. Yeah, yeah he would look good in the – Jay's uni. Oh, he'd have to be healthy. He'd have to be healthy to do well, it. But, but, uh, he throws hard and he's right-handed. Yeah. No, I, I the listen, uh, the Orioles are the Orioles <laughs> have set themselves up. They can pretty much do whatever they want to do. Looks that way. Which is a truly scary thought. Um, and they're not, they don't have, I mean, they can do what they want to do in the offseason because they don't have much money committed to next I year. I think either. it's funny Ooh. how every one of these teams, except Baltimore, or except the Red Sox, know exactly what they need. Yeah. Be interesting to see if they can get it. Hey, Oscar Hernandez is one of your favorites as a member of the Toronto Blue Jays. He's with the Seattle Mariners. He's scheduled to join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
All right, welcome back to Blair and Barker for Friday. We're eagerly awaiting Teoscar Hernandez. Mark just shook his uh, shook his hands like that, like something hot happened. 10-10 is the first pitch tonight. The Jays will take on the Seattle Mariners, the first of three games between those teams at T-Mobile Park. As per usual, there will be a ton of Toronto fans down there from British Columbia, the Lower Mainland, and Alberta to see the Jays take on the Mariners. Um, you heard Mr. Barker and Mike Cameron talking a little earlier. And uh, I think there's a little bit of hard feelings between these teams based on what happened in the playoffs last like year. Happened if I were the Jays, and if I were Seattle, I wouldn't like the Jays. Well, the whole idea of fans uh, coming into your ballpark yeah. and, uh, you know, and, and making... Um, and making all that noise would probably get a little old. Um, and one person who is perfectly positioned to tell us yes, he is. the vibes on both teams is our next guest, a very popular former member of the Toronto Blue Jays, a very popular member of the Seattle Mariners. Teoscar Hernandez joins us on Blair and Barker. Teo, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself. It's I think, you know, always good to talk to you. I got to ask you this because there's a lot of talk about the the Jays and their fans coming to Seattle. Now, you were with the Jays. You know what it's like when Jays fans come into Seattle. Now you're with the Mariners. What are your Mariners teammates saying to you about what it's like to play in that environment? I mean, they, they're excited, too. They know, they know the field. They know that the atmosphere is going to be uh, to the skies and, 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 we all know it's going to be a good series. Uh, Teoscar, going from one team that had expectations to another in Seattle, how's it been for you? Is it Has it been tough? Is it, you know, the expectations? Is that a thing for a player that gets traded to from one team to the other? Is there a lot of pressure on you to go out there and hit, you know, 40 homers and drive in 100 runs? Because, quite frankly, that's why they brought you over there. I mean, it, I don't. I don't want to call that as pressure, but uh, at the same time, I just come here to do my job at the end of the day and then just try to do the same thing that I was doing when I was in Toronto and just trying to to put the little things together and help the team win. Hey, Oscar, how do you look at your time in Toronto? You know, now that you've been in Seattle for a half a year, and of course you were, you started out with the Astros and then they traded you to Toronto. How do you look back at your time in Toronto now that you've maybe had a chance to step away from it a bit? I mean, it was great. I don't, I don't regret anything. Uh, I had a lot of appreciation for the team, for the people over there, for the fans, and everybody that take care of me when when I get there. Uh, it was, it was awesome. Uh, my family loved it. I loved it. Uh, they have a special group over there, and, and the fans love the, the game. So there's nothing to, to, to be negative about uh, my playing time in Toronto. Uh, Tay Oscar, every time me and Jeff were around the batting cage and I would watch you backspin balls to the, to the third deck in right center field, that's grown man pop. Like I would tell Jeff that all the time, that most human beings aren't supposed to be able to do that. You know, you went from the Rogers Center to T-Mobile. T-Mobile, as you well know, is not the smallest of parts. You know, you got to get that thing. Now, you got grown man pop, but some of those balls that may left the yard at the Rogers Center are not leaving there. Is that an adjustment? Like, every once in a while, you hit one, you think you got it. You know, you're taking your home run trot, you don't get it. Frustrating, you have to make adjustments. Is that a tough adjustment? 
I don't think there's going to be any adjustment. It just, I mean, it, it, it's not good when you know you hit a ball that, that had the chance to go out and then, then it didn't. But uh, at the same time, I just had to hit it better. Uh, I just need to put a good swing on the ball and then just try to hit it harder, harder enough to, to for the balls to go out of the park. Now, we saw Vladdy during the home run derby uh, get a hold of you on FaceTime. It went went viral. A lot of people enjoyed it. It's pretty clear that you guys are still really, really close. I, I, I don't know, maybe best friends. Just tell us a little bit about how you keep track of what Vladdy's doing and about that moment at the home run derby, which, you know, that to me is what the derby is all about, is it's a chance to see the players having fun with their teammates and with opponents, and you really get a sense of the community of the ball player at that time. Yeah, I mean, our relationship is is more than a uh, players. It just, uh, I think, uh, I, I consider him uh, my brother. Uh, the relationship that we built when I was in Toronto was impressive, and even we were when we were in the off season. Uh, we keep in touch. We get together. He goes to my town. I go to his town, and, and just have ha- time together and try to make that relationship stronger. And that's the kind of guy that I am, and he is like that too. He 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 likes to build a good relationship with with, with the other players, and and that's what we do. And still, uh, we talk a lot. Not every day, but but two three times a week. Uh, to know uh, what's going on and how he feel, how I feel, and, and how is everything going. Did you know he was going to call you during the derby? Was that <laughs> set up, or did he surprise you? No, that was that was just in the moment, you know. Uh, uh, he was he was in the middle of the derby. Uh, I I was the one that called him, but uh, okay. To make him relax a little bit, <laughs> but uh, it, it's nothing big. He just. Uh, he was trying to have fun and tried to win everything. Teoscar, do you guys often talk about approaches? Uh, approaches, you know, in 2023 because of how good pitching is, is very important, right? It's They know how to get you out. You're the best hitter on the team, and, you know, you sort of have to game plan against not swinging at those things, getting balls down the middle. Does Vladdy ever call you? You mentioned about the tension and have fun and just, you know, go out there and try and be yourself. You ever call you have that conversation? You ever have that conversation back and just you know, stop swinging at that. Get a better pitch. Like, is that conversation ever had? We really don't don't talk about the negative things. We just talk about how we can get better. Uh, and uh, when every time he hits a homer, I talk to him and, and just to tell him that that, that keep looking at that swing, keep doing, uh, looking at that approach that he took and that at that and just. Uh, we don't try to, to, to talk about the negative stuff that happened in the game because there, there are a lot, a lot of negative stuff. I, I think there's more negative than positive uh, during the season, but uh, we just try to, to stay positive, positive and, and just try to help each other in any, any, any way we can. Now, you were around some really good young players when you were with the Blue Jays, obviously, Vladdy and, and Lourdes and Bo Bichette. Now you're in Seattle and you get to see Julio Rodriguez up close um tell us how uh, how special he is and and if you can and i know this is a little unfair but if you can tay oscar how would you compare a guy like julio rodriguez to vladdy or to Bo? it just uh i think julio has uh uh the power that vladdy has and the speed that the Bo has hmm. so uh, julio is a special uh young player 
he got a lot of talent, uh, still a lot to learn. He knows a lot. And I think everybody knows that, uh, you know. And it's exciting for me to uh, to go from uh, the Blue Jays, where I, where I play with Vladi, like you say, Lourdes, Bo, and all those guys come here and play with Julio and the guys here. Uh, I'm just glad that my career has been around people like, like, like them, you know. I learn a lot from them, and, and I try to to teach them some, some stuff, too. That's very cool. Uh, Seattle's 500. Teo, what do you think it'll take for you guys to turn this around and make a run at it? We just have to stay together and, and try to do the little things, I think. Uh, I always say this. If, if your team does the little things, they have a chance to win a lot of games. And I think that's going to be the key for us. And just try to go on a run and try to do the little things to uh, help each other accountable and, and, and do the things that we have to do on the baseball field. Now, last question for us before we let you run. Look, the Blue Jays are looking for a middle-of-the-order bat, somebody who can be a veteran, somebody who can bat right-handed, somebody who can hit left-handed pitching. I mean, I know a guy in Seattle that oh, might fit that me bill. Me, too. Um, <laughs> I know. We're, we're having a little fun yeah, here. But, we are. And you're also a free agent at the end of the year. Is there any, in your mind at all, Is there? do you ever stop and think, you know, there's still a pretty good fit between me and them? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, 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 I'm not gonna say no because I'm not, I'm not like that. Uh, I, you know, I thanks the Blue Jays a lot, and, and if I had the opportunity to come back, I will. But uh, I think that's not on my hands. Teo, we're gonna let yeah. you run, man. It was really great of you to join us today. Listen, stay healthy, mm-hmm. uh, have a great second half, and uh, who knows? We uh, well, we 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 may be able to chat with you again. Thanks a lot, Teo. Yeah. See you, Teo. Take care. That's Teoscar Hernandez. Um, you know, absence making the heart grow fonder for sure. But yeah, that's look. He's. I was laughing when I, you know, veteran right-handed hitter. I wasn't laughing. Well, you may. I again. I'm. I. There's kind of a captain obvious thing here, but you were when we were all running around talking about the trade. You were the first person that said, and matter of fact, the first thing you said about it was twenty Jeff twenty five eighty doesn't grow in trees, and I thought, well, you know, maybe not, but uh, I mean, I put that bat, I put that bat in the lineup tonight. If I'm John Schneider, I, obviously, it, I, I think it would just slot everybody into where they should yeah. be slotted now we know, into. We, look, we know that, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there before you finish. We know that the sides. They really, there were really no substantive talks about a long-term contract. But Teoscar was not going to sign a long-term contract mm-hmm. last year or this year with the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it wasn't going to happen uh, for whatever reasons. I, uh, we're, I've always felt it was more on the team side that it wasn't going to happen. That they thought they could put their money in in a, they they could spend their money in a way that would improve their outfield defense which was something they set out to do fairly or unfairly that was something the Jays wanted to do in the offseason that's something that they did but uh there is a there's a hole in that lineup there is a hole in that lineup you you can't say it any other way well they wanted to put George Springer in right field that that was a big yes. deal he was sort of sort of standing in the way and you know the two sides, from what I understand, were very, very far apart yeah. when it came to what one was offering and one was wanting. And when that happens, it's going to happen that you're going to go opposite directions. I'm still with you. Twenty-five and eighty don't grow on trees, and the elevated fastball and the slider, 
I mean, there is a DH in the American League. There's a DH in the National League, too. Yeah, He's but, just a perfect fit. Like, it just – the way you could well, use is, him, the he, way you could – he could give guys days off. You, you could sort of look past now – the baseball IQ part of it, right? Is of of where he's throwing the baseball balls he's not catching. I like the twenty five and eighty. Odd enough that Varsho deal makes it even more. You, you look now. Let's just play this game. You make the Varsho deal. You've got Tay Oscar. You can platoon him at DH, or you can put him in left field for Dalton Varsho. Yes, you are sacrificing defense, but. It's odd in that, in, in a lot of ways, Teoscar fits better now with the Blue Jays than he did last year. He did, but Seattle needed a run producer that could hit homers in the outfield. The Blue Jays needed an eighth inning guy and they or a, a guy, hybrid guy. And they needed a guy that wasn't going to clock. Let's face it, they needed a guy that wasn't going to prevent some of their young players from coming up too in, in, in getting Teoscar. They needed a guy for this year. And see if it works, and then and then try to re-sign him. I, I again, if I'm the Mariners, <clears throat> I mean, I I have to think, I have to think that Teoscar is on the is is on the trade block. If you're the Mariners, no everybody, question. I mean, you just have to because he's a free he's a free agent. Hey, Teoscar, go to the Yankees. Teoscar, go to Boston. I mean, there are a lot of teams that could. I'll tell you one team that could use Teoscar Hernandez based on what I saw last night. The Rays. The Rays could use a Teoscar he'd Hernandez. In, he'd, he'd be almost great. perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, he, he, it, that would make too much sense. Would Seattle be willing to give up something or not adding? That That's the thing, right? Teoscar's a... Th- Drop him in the middle of that Rays lineup, though, right now? Yeah, but that's that's a big miss out of your lineup if you traded him. Uh, who's who's taking that spot? I mean, he's got 16 and however many ribbies he's Free got. Agent, like, right. it's again, but still, like, well, you know that they're, that- they're in win mode there. Well, they are they? I mean, Jerry. Yeah, De- they are. Jerry, With the pitching they have, absolutely they are. Jerry DePoto's kind of, I mean, you're not getting that sense from stuff he's saying. He's talking about wanting to be both a buyer and a seller. You know, and I mean, they're they're in the mushy middle. They're 500. They, they're not going to make the team, they're not going to make the playoffs as a wild card. Wild cards are coming out of you know where this year. I don't think two, I don't, do you think two teams make the wild card out of the West? Let me ask you a serious question right now. I want you to be serious. And, with but me. hold, on. but if and if two teams do make the wild card out of the West, do you think they can really beat Houston with the pitching they have? I do. Anything can happen. It's okay. baseball. Offensively, maybe not. I mean, it'd be low scoring, and they'd have to play the perfect game, and you'd have to manage it exactly right, and your khakis would have to be on par. Absolutely. Let me ask you a question. I never want to get it out khakified. Absolutely. <clears throat> Let me ask you a question. Cody Bellinger, Teoscar Hernandez. Which one would take the Jays' offense further in the playoffs? Not talking about defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Offensively. Or if I put Cody Bellinger in the two-hole, put Bo Bichette in the cleanup spot. If I put Teoscar Hernandez in the cleanup spot, who's taking the lineup further into the playoffs? That's really good. I, that's a really good question for me. A left-handed bat like Cody Bellinger's against Veal, I, you know, because then I'm thinking you're right. If I get Bellinger, then I probably have to move Bo into the cleanup spot, and then I'm dislodging Bo, who's done pretty well in the number two spot. Would you put Bellinger in the cleanup spot? I would. 
It's not a run producer. So he's a he's a good hitter this good, year. It's a great it's a great question. I would you know he's got what he's got it. The other thing he's got a twenty five million dollar mutual option for next year. So there is a chance if you get Cody Bellinger that you may want to keep him. I'm I'm still going with Cody Bellinger, even though I understand that it might lead to Bo being moved into the cleanup spot, which is something I've talked about all along, and then I've kind of gone away from it. But I also think, you know, the other thing Cody Bellinger does to me, man, he, he, maybe he's my center fielder next year if I, if I don't bring back Kevin Kiermeyer. I like you know? that. I like- maybe, maybe I can, and Scott Boris, that thing doesn't scare me anymore. They'll sign a Scott Boris mm-hmm. client. And, and then I'm also looking at, you know, now I can turn Dalton Varsho into a bench guy. And, you know, and I like the idea. I like the idea of Dalton Varsho coming off the bench this year. Uh, Dalton Varsho is going to be an everyday player for me in 2024, 2025. I have no problem with that. But think about that all of a sudden now. Now you got Cody Bellinger. You got Varsho coming off the bench. You got the speed. You got the defensive ability. You've got a built-in insurance policy in case Kevin Kiermeyer gets hurt. I like Teoscar yeah. Hernandez. Stand on the on-deck circle when Vladdy swings at an 0-0 two-seamer in off the plate, breaks his bat, hits it foul. Yelling and screaming, don't do that again. He takes the next one, gets a hanger, hits a three-run homer. That's what I want. It's called protection. Who's protecting Vladdy more mentally Mm. and offensively? That's what you got to ask yourself. Not talking about next year. I don't care about next year. You figure next year out next year. Talking about this year. Who makes your team better? Well, okay, let me ask you this. Who gives Vladdy more protection, Bo or Teoscar? Teoscar. That, for me, is a no-brainer. Look how it looked last year in the playoffs. I mean, Oscar Te- had, had a decent play. I mean, the, look, and, and and the knock against Teoscar was always his defense and his base running. Baseball it was not Teoscar hitting. Baseball IQ is what it was. Uh, Every yeah. once in a while, he'd run around like Little League. Take me out. Take me out. Yeah, I can overlook that. 25 and 80, again, don't grow on trees. And, and they are overthinking this. And I, I guess the <laughs> thing is, it might cost me. It might cost it might co- cost me less to get Teoscar Hernandez than it would Cody Bellinger. Give up Nate Pearson for him? Uh, even up? Oh. Why are you thinking about it? Like really? Okay. Pro- no, I would. I would. Pro- yeah, I probably would. Yeah, I would. Uh, you think you think highly of Nate Pearson? No, I no you do no because I've I've said that I think he's a guy that uh, I I think he may solve be the answer to the question what do the Jays have what do the Jays have to trade? I, I guess maybe I'm I'm still having a hard time moving off a dude like 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 Cody Bellinger, um, and and also Cody Bellinger is going to be hard to get because of who the other teams are that are trying to get him. Well, of what they again, have the and what same, you don't no, have. You know, the, same, be, the, same thing, the same thing holds for them that holds for the Blue Jays. If it's cheaper to get Teoscar Hernandez, if it's going to cost you less, yeah, if you're the Yankees, you don't want to give up the farm for a rental player. If it's going to cost you less to bring in Teoscar Hernandez, you maybe have, you do it. You wouldn't have to give up the farm. No, that's that's what I'm saying. But you might ha- you know, you'll have to give up more for Cody Bellinger because of that mutual option. You'll have to give up more. And he's a left-handed hitter, and I think there's a premium. He's younger. Placed in that, he's younger, and he's a superb defender. He he'd start for. I mean, the Yankees get him. He's in the outfield tonight. Yeah. 
Absolutely. But you know what I'm saying? And it's not like the, where the Blue Jays go, well, we still got pretty good defensive outfield if we don't have Cody Bellinger out there. Yeah, you do. But the point is, the Red Sox defensive outfield is better. The Rays outfield defensively gets better. Uh, I don't know about Baltimore, but the Yankees? Yeah, so, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, boy, it's kind of, I've kind of talked myself into it and talked and talk myself out of it. Uh, I, I will say this, and this is really... I would take Teoscar back in my team right now, and at the start of the or at the start of the regular season, I wouldn't have. I just thought it's you know it was important to get better outfield defense in here. It was important to change that. I don't like the word culture around the team because then you get into all sorts of issues, and I don't really know what the hell the culture is around the Blue Jays. But you kind of change the the dynamic of the team, but. Uh, yeah, twenty-five and eighty. Twenty-five and eighty. He'd have twenty-five and eighty here with the with the short porch well, and right. Okay, the fence has moved in. Yeah, he's hitting more homers here. <laughs> at at the Rogers Center, which is a pitcher's park. Yeah, he was going third deck with backspin, not this paying is attention. A, it's right a center. pitcher's park now. Not for grown men like that. It's the most. He. I you could argue he's got more power than anybody in baseball. Oh come on! No 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 no! You name a person that can go right center. You were standing at the batting cage when I was standing there. Yeah, but I that mean, can I, go that's third a, deck over yeah, and over yeah, and over again to right center. Yeah, it's a right-handed hitter. Yeah, Manny Ramirez used to do that in his oh, sleep. I'm a, we're t- <laughs> Should we go this road? Why well, was Manny Machado? Why was he doing that? Or Ramirez? There's uh, look again. Yeah, I. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I did. Are the right-handed hitters that have opposite field power? Yeah, obviously. Uh, I'm sure there are tons of them. Who? When? But I don't, How I, many? You know, plenty when do you see them? Plenty on my, out of my head right now. I mean, I don't know Manny Machado. I mean, there are guys that can, there are guys that can, that can go the opposite way. I don't think that's that big a deal. Oh, really? You no, never, I, you never try to hit a baseball, huh? Well, no. Yeah, but, that's that's the hardest thing to do in baseball. Yeah, but it's not. You're making. What, what, you're is, making what, is, it, what is Vladdy tried to do at home? You're making it sound okay. when he when he went so many games Kevin, forever trying sound, to pull homers. You're making it sound like nobody else in baseball is, is as good a power hitter as Teoscar. That's just wrong. Huh? I mean, that's just factually incorrect. You couldn't put. I guarantee you, you you couldn't put a you put a hundred baseball people in this room and say, where do you put Teoscar Hernandez amongst? opposite field power i i I guarantee you guys would come up with other names like i cannot right off the top of my head but i guarantee you that you can come up with other names than that i'm sure you can look at the stats like we remember it because of what we saw and i am not saying yeah i couldn't disagree more that it wouldn't be a good thing to have him but uh you know you're making it sound like he's he, he he's 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 a unicorn and and yeah, that's that's not is. what I said. I said he can create he and go third deck well, at the Rogers Center. Who who that's right handed? Name one. Name a person I that's mean, done. How it. many times did he Aaron do it? Judge? In, how he's many times did he do it in game? He's nine feet tall. How many times did he do it in game? Third deck opposite field. Think now. How many times well, did he do it in game? Well, you can't do it in batting practice. It's that well, thing, right? God, Jesus, I haven't watched everybody's batting practice. I. Hell, I don't know. Kevin Barker used to hit bombs into the third deck in batting practice, watch? for God's sake. Did you ever watch me? <laughs> of course I mean, not. I, you, had, you had no this idea I was on the team. Rhetorical, this is a rhetorical question. Mm. Anyhow. But, yes, 
Teoscar Hernandez would look to end it all. He would look good in this lineup. He ain't coming here, but he would look he good would, in this lineup. Good, yeah. But you're right. You're right. Yeah, I think he's coming. Oh. But he could end up in the AL East. You could have him and Stroman in the AL East. That'd be with different teams. That'd be fun. That'd be fun for Blue it would Jays be. Uh, That's it for us. No Blue Jays talk because it's too late and we're old. But uh, Speak we will be back Monday from 5 to 7 Eastern on Sportsnet 590 Defense, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet if you're listening via podcast. Leave us a nice rating. Leave us a nice review. It doesn't mean anything to me, but it means a lot to Kevin. Most importantly, have yourself a great weekend.